Welcome back to Clear Eyes, Full Hearts, Plus Booze, the podcast. You know us by now. If you don't, it's fine. I mean... We're not getting any younger. It doesn't matter. Um, so this week we watched episode six from season five. The title is Swerve for reasons that we'll make explicitly clear We're going to talk later. about it. Um, And the summary, according to Wikipedia, is a popular magazine hails Coach as the kingmaker. Vince's past catches up to him. Luke reacts to the truth. Oh, my God. A suspicious accident delays Julie's return to college. Now, that is something I want to know more about. I don't want to know about Luke fucking whining and crying. I want to know about <laughs> this I like, suspicious accident. I like the sentence, Luke reacts to the truth. I think it's very evocative. It <laughs> says a lot without saying <laughs> much, you know? Oh, man. So, yeah. Um, we watched this episode, and it became evident that, you know, the term swerve or that kind of thing was indicative of like something coming out of nowhere. nowhere to derail the path that the character has been on. Yeah. And it happens to a bunch of people in this show. There in this episode is a dominant storyline that sort of like overshadows everything. Uh, yeah. Something comes to a head. But we have to talk about the boring stuff first. As usual. Um, so, I mean, this is not that boring. It's pretty dramatic, to be honest. Yeah, it is. It's just like, it's just like we to- get it. <laughs> yeah. You know? And compared to like what is we're gonna, what we're gonna talk about. It's like small it's, potatoes. Yeah, it's nothing. Um, so Vince is living his life. His doing best his life. Thing, doing a great job. Yeah. His um, parents and Jess's aunt are like becoming BFFs. Mm-hmm. His dad's like, um, you know, being nice and good mm-hmm. part of his life like yeah. for realsies it's not weird um he's doing great at school i mean football yeah i don't know about school but <laughs> whatever um and then you know he has that scholarship potentially in the horizon yeah and like you see him just like being free and like Jess oh and having like, fun yeah with jess and, and, and it's and like wow like, maybe his life is actually gonna work yeah, out like maybe his like family and his community are all he needs and it's he's gonna be like a superstar nope we should oh my god every time <laughs> it should be like a car, a car that's like <laughs> 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 oh my god that came out of nowhere oh my god swerve our notes <laughs> fell how are we gonna do this episode with no notes uh okay so swerve okay, mike <laughs> insert swerve noise here we're not even gonna cut us explaining it no. out because we need you guys to know our thought process going into this yeah you guys come on it just came to us off the top of our heads that's this is a quick stroke thinking. of genius this is the type of quick thinking and ingenuity that's gonna get us a small business grant okay <laughs> yeah if anyone has any grant writing tips send them our way <laughs> send them to the dms all right so swerve noise <laughs> um canard <laughs> he's okay. back and correct pronunciation officially like validated it's canard canard like duck in french yes but spelt with a k like yeah. a kardashian version yeah like yeah <laughs> i was what Okay, because I was like, Kylie 
Jenner because I was like Kenner, but it's not. You know? Do you know what yeah, I mean? I know what you mean. <laughs> Those are really hard. Close. So I mean, ugh, we can't be geniuses all the time. <laughs> That's like as much thinking as I can do today. I was going to say, like, sometimes like, sit all one up. brilliant thought means like the rest of the day is just like totally done. Yeah. Um. So Canard is back in the picture. If you remember from earlier in this season or last season, last season. Well, yeah, season four. Um, Canard like fronts the money to for Vince's mom's rehab. And Vince was supposed to, like, pay it back, I guess, by being, like, part of his, like, club of gentlemen. Um, yeah, and performing violence. Right. <laughs> um, but he, it was too real for him. Calvin got killed, obviously. And that's the last we saw of, like, Vince being, like, involved in that life. It's kind of weird that Kennard is, like, alone gunman, literally. Yeah, it, it is strange that he would, like provide all this kind of like these threats and this pressure but just as one dude not like yeah, his group obviously he's like quite easily taken care of later in the episode which is like <clears throat> it's just like the stakes are low yeah and it's just throwing shit into like cliched garbage into vince's path yeah like not only does he like have daddy issues and like you know drug problems it's like there's a potential like gang member that's after him it's like let him live his life. And I think we said before when this issue came up in the previous episodes that it's not like the best representation of of like that life or like of just a black man. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just like it's just yeah, it's cliched as I said. It's not like it's just like anything you can think of that's typical of a story like that they just somehow have yeah so it's easy for the writers at this point to be like we need a conflict like let's see what we can like pull up from that Mm storyline um so yeah vince doesn't has never paid canard back the five g's so now it's a problem (sighs) yeah it's a huge problem and canard like goes crazy like with threats yeah, he threatens Jess, like, in the worst way. Yeah, it's scary. So he, he like, manhandles her. He, like, assaults her. And then threatens basically. to, like, burn down the barbecue place. Which is chilling. And honestly, he has the scariest face. Yeah, like, Jess um, is, like, is aware of what's going on because Vince, like, tells her. So mm-hmm. when Kennard comes and threatens her, obviously it's horrible and shocking, but she's not, like thrown for a loop Mm -hmm. she's like goes to vince and is like we need to figure out a solution for this because it's dire straits it's a bit shitty that she just becomes like the damsel in distress and she's only there to like up the stakes for vince's story and yeah she's like treated like a partner like by vince like you're gonna be i'm gonna like be honest with you and like you're gonna be along for this ride but like their relationship is good but this shows like the show just resorts to like cheap laziness when it comes to her yeah and you know when it comes to like every woman on this show except for tammy (laughs) so like jess is like should we go to your dad because he you know would know what to do should we go to your other dad (laughs) because he's a community leader and a kingmaker and will be able to like protect you from harm and Vince doesn't want to go to his 
real dad. Either dad. Either dad. Because it just brings up all kinds of problems. So he gets, like, some money together, which he, like, has, like, fucking just cash lying around. Well, Joe actually pointed out that he probably stashes money, like, through old habit because his mom probably, like, would go through, like, any money that was around. True. So he probably has, like, secret hiding places and, like, keeps it separately, like, due to just those habits. So he has money, but it's not enough money. Mm -hmm. So he gives Kennard that amount, and Kennard is, like, pissed, obviously, because not the right amount. So he has until Friday, a.k.a. football day, Mm -hmm. to provide the rest of the money. And then after the Jess incident, it becomes, like, clear that they need to do something or Mm -hmm. their, like, livelihood is going to be at stake. Or I don't know what the other threats were, like, killing him. I mean, he had a gun, right? Yeah. Yeah, so probably. I guess we're supposed to infer. Killing. Yeah, killing. That's the ultimate. <laughs> the ultimate no-no. <laughs> um, so Vince finally tells Ornette, his dad. He goes to Coach's house, and then he can't bring himself to like really? knock on the door. So he, then he goes and finds... Did I black out again? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't remember that. He, it's like really dumb, because like, you know that... Everyone knows that, like, the right thing to do is go to coach. Yeah. But he doesn't want to, like, I feel like everyone doesn't want to, like, burden coach with, like, their problems. But what could coach even do? Nothing. He would just call Buddy and be like, hey, you're the crime. You're the criminal element of East Dillon. So he goes and sees Ornette, his bio dad, and um, tells him what's up. And Ornette is essentially like... I got it from here. Okay, question. Yeah. Is Ornette hot? See, I think yes, a little bit. Like, it's a lot to do with, like, his attitude and how he can, like, take care of something that's hot. See, that's what I found in this scene where he was like, I'm so glad you came to me. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about this ever again. I was just. Or even at the very end, he's like, it's taken care of. Like, don't worry about it. Yeah, and then he just live like, your life. Then he just like wants to eat a lot of pie and just like like me too. Okay, um, but he does wear a lot of fedoras and like other kinds of hats <laughs> I don't like to see. Yeah, I feel like it's part of his like cool yet tough persona. It's like I'm really tough, but how do I disguise my toughness? Like oh, mm-hmm. like or like I'm tough, but like there's more to me than just that and that's like probably what he's going for because he's like out of prison he's trying Mm -hmm. to like you know give himself like dimension right but he doesn't need it he's hot without it that's what i'm saying (laughs) anyway so he basically he beats the shit out of canard yeah um and like you know he has a reputation he's obviously mm-hmm. older canard knows him from the past so i guess that like all of that combined with like an ass whooping would probably like scare you into not you know threatening vince or his right. family ever again mm-hmm. but like again if it was um like if he had a gang behind him that wouldn't have been so easy to take yeah care of. it is so strange that he's just like gone rogue in this this situation but he never had anyone he just had he was like trying to start his w- own gang with <laughs> vince and calvin but it didn't work out for him um but so like cal or calvin or ned is also on probation so like this kind of shit doesn't fly when you're on probation yeah so I he's got to keep it on the dl normal. plus he takes canard's gun and keeps it so you probably can't 
do that either. Yeah, you probably can't. So he delivers, like he definitely comes to Vince's aid and like helps his son out of a, you know, issue, like a problem. Mm -hmm. The only way he knows Using like his skill set and his knowledge of the situation. Um, And it's like obviously out of love and he recognizes that like Vince needed that money to send his mom Mm -hmm. to rehab, which is something that like Ornette feels responsible for in the first place. So it's like he like, yeah, you, you have to do it. Like he would. Exactly. And it's like how we talk about like crime begets crime and prison begets prison. Yeah. You know, like like he's still entangled in this life even after he gets out yeah, of prison. It's not so like, what's he supposed to do? It's not like being do? in prison like washes that away yeah. from you and you're just like, what? <laughs> like what past? Yeah, exactly, yeah. You're not, yeah. But like he obviously like he loves his family and like they go and have dinner with Jess's family and he's acting like, you know, it was just part of his day taking care of his family. That's what he, how he knows what to do. And Vince is like happy because like the problem is taken care of. And like his dad, you know, stood up for him. And then Jess's brother asks Ornette, like, it's what like was the prison ridiculous. like? Mr. Howard, what was prison like? <laughs> And then everyone's like, shut up, young child. Yeah, and then the cutest kid. Very ever. adorable. Yeah. And then Ornette's like, no, it's a good question. And like, I want you to know that it really sucks. Yeah. Like <laughs> jail is horrible and it's you don't ever want to go there. Right. Which, you know, like that's a good answer. Yeah. It's it's not like it's just saying like you don't want to get wrapped up in the shit I was wrapped up in mm-hmm. that landed me in prison. So he's conscientious of everything he does. But it's just like he knows a life and he is trying to protect his son. I don't know. Make of it what you will. But. Yeah, that's that. Like, what can he do? Yeah. So Vince. It's like Tim and the copper wire. Oh, yeah. Like, what can they do? It's true. I forgot about the copper wire. That was fun. Next is our favorite Walmart yodeler. <laughs> Insert a clip. <laughs> Oh my god! The whole two minute clip. Vince going into Coach's office crying is literally the Walmart yodeler going, "Daddy." <laughs> no, it's Luke. Oh, that's what I meant, Luke. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I thought he did look like the yodeling boy when he was stood up. Yeah, he has the exact same head body. shape and haircut <laughs> and body shape <laughs> and outfit. He is I the know. Walmart yodeler. If they did a movie, that's who would play him as a child. <laughs> What is happening? <laughs> We've been overtaken by the internet. Yeah, I can't have a normal thought anymore. Everything day- in my mind is a meme. <laughs> the Walmart yodeler comes to Coach's office. After a long day, day of, of yodeling. yodeling at Walmart. And he's like, I only want to talk in yodels, but it's impossible. I know. He's like, listen. <laughs> He's like, hey, Vince told me that you told him. Yeah, I got the scoop. To not tell me about what you told him. So about TMU. Explain that. And then coach is like, well, here's the Here's deal. the tea. 
unfortunately, they don't want to give you a job at TMU. And you're going to have to go back to yodeling at Walmart <laughs> for pennies. Sad yodel noise. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, yeah, Coach is like, essentially what happened is they used you to get to Vince. The reason that they brought you there in the first place is so they could have that sneaky meeting with Vince. I don't get it. Just get Vince then. <clears throat> yep. It I, doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but you know, they need drama in this show. It's yeah. a drama. They need to fill 48 minutes every week. And he's really upset. <clears throat> yeah, Luke news. Luke is just like, no, they're gonna take us both, coach. Like the same shit that we were saying last week. Like he just yeah. thinks it's like a fun, like amazing friendship vacation for the rest of his life. And coach is like, I was blindsided. I should have saw this coming. Like it's just it was just something that they snuck by me and this is what is going on. You like, this is just the deal. And so Luke is like immediately pissed and he shows up to Billy's. No, wait, does he do anything before that? Yeah. He kind of confronts Vince about it at, Oh yeah. When they're like when on the they're bleachers kind of talking strategy for, right. you know, the next game. And then Luke pipes in with like his good idea and then he's like, but my idea is not good enough for, you know, Mr. TME or whatever. And then he storms away. Yeah. And he off screen gets drunk. So weird. Yeah. But whatever. And then shows up to Billy's drunk. Like searching for, what's her name? Becky. Becky. Billy is kind of drunk also. He's drinking and watching Tim Riggins. He's crying. Admissions tape. And it's he's literally lot. sobbing. Oh yeah! Earlier in this episode, Tim like called, so everyone's missing Tim, especially Becky. Oh yeah, Bexter. We're gonna get to that. Yeah. So Luke is like, I'm drunk, and Becky's not here. I'm going home, and Billy's like, No, let's hang out and like discuss your sadness. He's like, Don't drive, which means that he drove there, which is bad. Yeah. And Billy can't be like, I'll drive you home because Billy's also drunk. Mm -hmm. So essentially, Billy is like, listen, you when is a like, when did you ever care about scholarships? Like when you were a kid, did you want to fucking be a professional football player? Like, no, you just like played football here because you liked it. And all of a sudden someone like gives you offers you a scholarship. You hear about it one time and it becomes like your obsession. Like, that's not you play football because you love it and get out of this like weird funk mm -hmm. and then that's Billy, very like tim it is so so tim. that's probably where he got it yeah but also like don't end up like tim <sighs> but like tim yeah don't end up like tim unless you want to be like as hot as him that's the only way but unfortunately no you're one a walmart yodeler <laughs> <laughs> so then Luke just like bros down with Billy. He they practice their war cries, aka just screaming. And then he drunk dials TMU, which shouldn't be that easy to just drunk dial uh -uh. an admissions person. Uh -uh. And he basically is just like, suck it. Here's my war cry. Uh -huh. And then it's out of his system. <laughs> yeah. And oh, we don't have it on the list, but later, like Billy's kind of like all puffed up from giving that great advice oh, to yeah. Luke. And coach is so frazzled. He 
He's late to the beginning of the football game. Yikes on bikes. Um, so they tell the other coaches tell Billy to like take the speech. Wow. Which like we all know. were impressed by last episodes. <laughs> I was gonna say we all know his speech giving yeah. abilities. But they were like, obviously he has passion. If coach ain't here, um I ain't coach. So this is what you get. Man, it's it's Friday night. It's Friday night in our house. And these fellas in the locker room next to us, they want to come in here and they want to dance around on our field and think they can walk off with a win. They want to have a party in our house. Well, I say we give them a fist fight. I say we go out there and we play 48 minutes of lion football. He does amazing. He totally does. And you can see everybody who's, they're a little anxious because coach is late. Yeah. Um, they're like, they start like loosening up and they get like into it. Mm-hmm. And then you see that like feeling wash over Luke where he's just like, yeah, like this yeah. is why I play football. Cause it's like fun and funny. And like my bros are here and yeah. like, this is what it's about. And then when coach arrives, when Billy's speech is done, he kind of hears the tail end of it. Mm-hmm. And like, you never know with coach. He could just be like, screw you, Billy. You're like, like get off my, yeah. get out of my coaching spot. But he's like, nice speech. And it's like a very simple moment, but um, I feel like it probably meant a lot to Billy. Yes. And um, it was just a nice gesture on Coach's part. Yeah. And it shows like growth in Billy who like always kind of is growing, but we forget about it because he's always acting crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but he has been doing a really good um job at bettering his life and when he's on the phone with tim he's making he's telling tim like yeah i'm paying the payments on your property um did you get the money that i sent you i'm gonna come down and make sure like he is behind the scenes doing amazing Mm -hmm. sweetie and like being a dad but we just see him like acting like a buffoon all the time Mm because he's like because that's because that's just billy yeah so yeah um and then on speaking of tim speaking of luke young becky um as we said tim gives the riggins residents a call we don't even like hear his voice it's just like it's tim it's tim oh my god i wish i could have heard his angel voice at least for one second like i'm so surprised with how absent he is i really miss him so much Anyway, so Becky is like, I know you like her. She was so annoying when Tim called. She was like, is that Tim? Is that Tim? Can I talk to Tim? I want to talk to him. I'm going to go pick up the other line so I can talk to Tim. Like, he's in jail. Like, girl, he doesn't want to talk to you. He doesn't give a shit about you right now. He's trying, he's to, trying like, not to get alive. killed. <laughs> trying not to get beaten with whatever the, like, soap. I don't know. I don't know. And he's trying to just, like, live a quiet, decent existence until his, like, release date. We can go sit on his land in fucking silence and not yeah. talk to anyone ever again in his life. Isn't that what we all want? How much land does a man <laughs> need? Do we have to do this again? It's really good that Becky at now in this point in her life where she's trying to navigate all these feelings is that she has Mindy because Mindy is like no nonsense and is just like, girl, sit down. Like he does not want to talk to she you. She literally like puts her feet on top of her so she can't. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, we saw Mindy like 
last season being so like dreamy and in her own little world and we're like really not having anyone to like talk sense into her right when mindy is like the perfect foil for her where she's like get a grip yeah because mindy like tells it like it is always and becky who's come who doesn't really come from a background of structure and her mom or like anyone who really gives a shit and her, her mom telling it like it is is basically like just putting her down as opposed to like teaching her about life but also her mom's really like self-centered it's true yeah so everything really like is all about the mom the mom so like becky and mindy are like shopping mm-hmm. for like stripper outfits and mindy's just like you need to like no how does that conversation go she's basically like you're stressed and you're tense and you need to like and like you're obsessed with tim yeah and then she's like you need to go get 12 boyfriends and have sex yeah and becky's like oh no like 12 boyfriends (laughs) she's like me and then they're also kind of like they bring up how like luke is obsessed with becky and becky's like yeah, we kind of dated, but it didn't go great. She's like, it's a long story. <laughs> yeah, it's Which, a- like, just tell Mindy. Yeah, so I, I wonder, like, if... It's obviously just because, like, of TV. They don't want to, like, rehash the yeah. craziness. I feel like they've painted themselves into a corner <laughs> with that storyline. And they were like, this is going to be so powerful. Then they were like, what do we do with this boy and this girl? Yeah. We don't have time to introduce two new time. love interests. Yeah, I just think that they're, like they're meant to be together in this show. Like that's just the course of their characters. And they are using the fact that there was like chemistry between them at some point to just like mm-hmm. the, the viewer be like, like believe the fact that they could be in love or yeah. like each other. But once again, like I don't feel that chemistry. I like, I just think it's like cute. It's like a cute enough thing to like, to like have happen. And so then they are at, where are they? They're at Buddies after the game. Um, Luke is sniffing Billy's armpit. Like father, like son. And still dry. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Mindy and Becky are like chilling, like looking for dudes. And Mindy's like finally like, like puts it the whole issue to bed. And she's like, Tim you're not Tim Riggins' girlfriend, first of all. Tim Riggins is not going to come out of prison and date you. Or, like, anyone. Or any other girl. So you have to get it out of your mind that, like, this pining and waiting around for Tim is unique or special. Because if he said something cute to you, he said it to every other girl in the history of time, which we know to be true. Well... We, I think Mindy probably thinks that Tim is like more of a sleazy person than he was to Becky. Like she probably thought that maybe they even hooked up or like right. Tim was kind of like, you know, inappropriate with her, which we know like he, they were just friends and it was but she also normal from like, a Tim perspective. But like Becky obviously romanticizes like every interaction. And Mindy also probably knows like the charm that yeah. like Tim can put on. Yeah. So like even if he's just like your friend or being nice to you, you're just like, wow. Like yeah. he's so like dreamy and like And she probably had this exact same conversation with Tyra. Yeah. Like she gets into full blown like mom mode. Um, I love how her mommy mode is like Go have sex. Wear a condom. Okay, mommy mode over. <laughs> Hello, hi. How are you? Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're in the middle of having a conversation. I'm sure you are. It's very important. Hi, kids. Um, 
I don't know what's going on between you and I don't really care, but you need to get over it because you're both young and you're both hot and you both need to get laid. So I'm going to go back over there with my husband and you two can stay here and screw like bunnies, but you know, be safe and use protection and all that mommy talk and um, enjoy. And funny. And they're like, oh, no, like an awkward encounter. Like, my mom didn't set me up on this, I swear. Like, yeah. she didn't tell me to come oh talk to God, you. Oh, my God, so embarrassing. Oh, my God, get out of here, mom. But now I guess they're dating. Like, they're probably going to be dating in the next episode. Yeah. I guarantee we've already talked about. Yeah. Um, it's a pink Himalayan salt and coriander gosa. And it's what we had to get because the LCBO didn't have the proper beer we wanted. But it's still good. It's delicious. Would drink every day. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so something horrible happened in this episode. <laughs> Speaking of swerving, this is the biggest swerve of my entire life. Ironically, she didn't swerve. Interesting. It's turning it on its head a little bit. Okay. So everyone, take a seat. Get ready. Buckle your seatbelt. <laughs> okay. Put so, on your helmet. So we remember what happened last week with Julie, right? Everybody and remembers. The wife. The, the assault wife. that went down. Okay. So we know Julie's at home chilling. Trying to get set up with Buddy Jr. I don't even... Like, no. Like, just shut up. For a split second, I was like, Buddy Jr. is hot. No! <laughs> just in his, like, little suit. Like, not hot, but, like, maybe looks a little bit more presentable and not looking at Tammy's rack at this exact moment. Yeah. Kind of glow up. Like he has like good manners now. Yeah. Being branded really was great for him. Oh, we didn't even talk about the prank. Oh my the God. I forgot about prank. the prank. Okay. Let's okay. just talk about it to be Rewind happy for to the one prank. second. Okay. Um, so coach is on the cover of a magazine um, where on the cover it says Eric Taylor, Kingmaker, which is like really dramatic. Yeah. And um, he's like wearing his like red hat and ear piece and he's like yelling yeah it's like one of it's like a franz ferdinand album cover album cover <laughs> love those franz ferdinand, franz ferdinand album, album covers, covers. Uh, let's yodel about it let's yodel and so everyone at practice is getting in trouble because they branded themselves on the school trip and they're like all have to sit on the bleachers. And then when coach asks for their attention, they all pull the magazine up over their faces. Like they're reading it. Hilarious. So funny. And coach Stan loves, loves it. it. He thinks it's amazing. He thinks it's so funny. And then he also loves it when coach Taylor is like, let me tell you something. You know, it's every coach's dream to experience the highest level of idiocy that his team can muster. And gentlemen, collectively, us coaches, we are living a dream. But we'd like for you to live your dreams, too. So we're going to allow you to live the dream of realizing just how far it is you can run before you can run no more. Led with the tutelage of Coach Traub. Begin living your dream. Hop to it. Let's go. And then Coach Straub is like... 
let's chase our dreams. Let's go run. And he's like so tickled by like the prank and then coach's reaction to the prank. Yeah. And it's also like funny that he's punishing them for like their act of camaraderie. So like he's acknowledging the fact that like everyone is friends and they love each other, but like you shouldn't be fucking branding yourselves with coat hangers or whatever. But sometimes when coach like disciplines them, it's like, what they did was punishment enough. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's been more than one scenario where it's like, you like, they already are paying. And I for think it, that that's mistake. why they just run. Yeah. Because the other coaches are like, should we expel someone? Like, they don't even know what to do. And it's, I think in coaches' mind, it's like obvious that they're just like stupid kids. And mm-hmm. like, this is like just dumb. And they have learned from their mistake because their arms look fucked up now. Forever. So, yeah, they just have to run. And the kids, the boys also probably understand, like, the lightness of the situation, which is why they do the prank at yeah. that time, too. Like, it's just kind of, like, shows, Everyone's happy and fun. It shows the dynamic of that team, which we yeah. know is great. Everyone's yeah. the best. I'm so happy we don't have to be in West Dillon. Ugh, like gross. Barf. Fast forward. <laughs> swerve sound. Oh, we didn't even do a swerve sound. Maybe we can just we'll find a place to put it in. Um, okay. So Julie's at home chilling. She's she's gonna get married to Buddy Junior. That's beside the point. No, she's not. Everyone's kind of like he's too hot for her. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's kind of like, what are you doing here? How long are you here for? And she's just like kicking just around chilling, midterms, you know. So she's like, she's still hiding. It from her parents what happened yeah truly. and she's being just kind of like aloof and like julie the thing is like julie acting like hiding a secret is just julie's normal behavior so no one is like yeah what's going on with you girl they're just like good old oh, julie yeah non-communicative sullen surly julie yeah <laughs> all great Classic. personality qualities look just because we're on her side doesn't mean we have to like her so she is basically has to go back to school. There's nothing that she can really do at this point to like stay without giving herself away. Right. So she just she just goes. Has, she has no excuse. Yeah, her parents like put her in the her car and they say goodbye to her. She's I think she's procrastinating a little bit because she's like wiping the car or something. No, coach is wiping. Oh, the car. okay. It's I just, pretty cute. They're I just like, heard... yeah, there's no more dust on this car, coach. So maybe he was procrastinating because he yeah, wanted he his was. baby girl to like go home. Yeah. So then she's driving off, and we know that something mm-hmm. that we know what she's feeling. So then we can see the sort of like panic or like the reality set in for her, and then she makes a split second decision. It's like almost not even split second. I feel like she thinks about it for like 10 seconds. Yeah, like it's, now. it's like she like she comes to the crossroads and she's like, I have a choice now. Yeah. What should I do? It's like just really sad. It is like to think of like you are so desperate. And you are so lost and confused that and I w- this is what you do. Like putting yourself in harm's way, really. And I wish that that would, was the, would be the first thing that people think of yeah. when this happens. So essentially... Even she, me. I wish that that's how I remembered it. I misremembered the whole thing. Like I, mean, I, I remembered you. exactly about it, but I was like... Julie's so fucking annoying. I she drives into that for attention. How 
hard she drives into that thing. So there's like a weird like brick like pillar light posts like a low like mailbox yes like house number like, holder yeah. thingy like lawn decoration made out of brick on someone's like lawn at the edge of their driveway when she's like approaching an intersection and she just decides to drive straight into it and she drives into it the whole thing breaks apart and like flies onto her car and her airbags go off and her front end is like crunched and crazy and so we see her then like in her house with her parents and they're like just doing they're calling and like doing insurance things and they're just mm-hmm. talking to her very calmly about this car accident that she had where she says that she um a dog came out of nowhere and um she hit this thing and tammy's like yeah, you just swerved to avoid the dog. But and Coach is, like, damning that dog to heck and, like, wants to make a fur coat out of it. Yeah, it's, like, but if they even saw it, like, they would know she didn't swerve, you know? Yeah, I think if you just took her the, at her Well, word. also, like, in the moment, like, someone's in a car accident and like some, you don't even like think about anything. You're just like, right. oh, obviously this is what. Yeah, happened. like oh my god, are you okay? Yeah, you're just like, yeah, lo- like logical explanation. Like you don't go start, you don't like dig for things or yeah. find inconsistencies until. And she even like is in denial about it for a long time, even after Coach is kind of like, she probably yeah. did that on purpose. So they're just like going about normal business, and they're just like happy everyone's safe. So it's like okay, we got to figure out how to get you back to school because your car's effed, and Julie is like no 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 like yeah. i can just stay here i can i'm not, not missing school like i just study for midterms and um they're like no no worries like we'll just gotta arrange some shit with gracie and then i'll drive you tammy's like i'll drive you to school and it's like no big deal cars in the shop insurance will cover it it was an accident don't apologize and yeah. if you got in a car accident you fucking wished your parents would be this chill first yeah. of all like if she actually got in a car accident they would be like what were you doing driving like that? You had your music on, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, just so happens. Yeah. So, Tammy is driving her and they're, I guess, stopped along the way or maybe before they leave, they're having lunch somewhere. Yeah, they're, no, they're actually at um, Alamo Freeze. They're at Alamo Freeze. And Tammy, this is the moment Tammy's been waiting for her entire life yeah. to like ask Julie about school because she's been gone for like what we've mm-hmm. decided we've come to learn is midterm. So like to November or October or whatever. October? November? I don't know, man. School is football whatever. isn't crazy yet. So October. And she doesn't know anything about Julie's experience at school. And this is when Julie like divulges nothing. And when no, Tammy, this is when she divulges. Well, she's like being tight-lipped about stuff, and then when Tammy asks her about boys, yeah, she's like extra weird, and then that's a like a fucking red flag yeah. for any mom to ask about boys and have it be like her body language just like tightens up. Yeah, like I made a note, like holy, I was like, if this happened to me, if I was a mom in this was the situation I was in, I would be shitting my pants. I would be like, like holding on to the chair to like not fall off of it. Um, so Julie says, if I tell you something, will you promise not to freak out? And like I said, I was watching it with Joe and Joe was like, 
yeah, right. Tammy is the freak out queen. <laughs> but even Tammy, she's like, yeah, 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 uh, okay, okay, yeah, sure, go ahead. She's yeah. like braced herself against every hard surface and she's like holding on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Julie just kind of spills the whole thing. Um, I'm glad that Julie says that the wife physically assaulted her because that is the truth. She didn't sugarcoat that fact. But Tammy's like, oh my God, are you okay? So Tammy probably pictured her like getting beat up like canard. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Um, but like Tammy probably doesn't think like a girl slapping another girl is a big is deal. assault, yeah. yeah. But Julie knows like what happened to her, right. obviously. Um. So then... But, like, it does sound like she's being dramatic. Right. Like, I know she's not, but it was probably written to sound like she's being dramatic. And it just ends up being the truth, LOL. Yeah. Yeah. And we know also, based on what's how everyone else is going to react later, that, that her saying that probably f- plays into their whole victim blaming thing yeah so it really is like kind of a direct line from the puppet girl episode to the way that tammy deals with this and even coach where coach is like when i find that kid i'm gonna kick his ass blah 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 and then tammy says well our we have to think about our daughter she's humiliated she's ashamed and coach is like she should be yeah. So, so at first, yeah. Coach is having a meltdown and Tammy is being chill for a split second. She's like, we need to be compassionate. We need to think about her. Like we need to because she just sees like a broken girl. But also Tammy sees like. No, Tammy sees like a girl who was like broken up with or like a oh. girl in like a romantic entanglement the same way she was when she got when Matt broke up with her. Right. Or like Tammy the shit with the Swede. See the ramifications of like the big picture of like this was an insane like breach of power and breach of like the unspoken or probably spoken in your contract you know teacher student right but at at least her like direction of like not screaming at her is correct like we just need to like give her some compassion Mm -hmm. and coach and then subsequently Tammy can't get over the fact that the guy was married, that Julie slept with another woman's husband. Like, and that is the sticking point for them that is like the point of no return almost for this incident. And what makes them say a thousand times to Julie, you need to take some responsibility. Like, yeah, it. there's no, there's zero consideration of Derek's actions. And nope. even if he was her age and was married, it's still, he's still at fault. Yes. For breaking the contract of his of marriage. Of his marriage. Yeah. It's not fucking Julie's marriage. Julie's not responsible for anyone but herself. Yes. So, like, and Coach immediately connects the car dots. Mm -hmm. Like, she crashed this car on purpose. And Tammy is like, nope, she wouldn't do that. And then Tammy asks Julie, did you crash this car on purpose? And then that adds to the, like, holy shit, 
what are these decisions that you're making? Right. Like girl, like these decisions, like you need to think long and hard about the choices you're making. And it's like, yeah. no one sees, like we said before, the act of desperation it was to yeah. crash your car. It's not like I, Oh my God, my, like I broke up with my boyfriend and I'm so sad and I can't like face my responsibilities and I can't go back to school. Yeah, it's not like she flunked out. Those aren't her responsibility is to do well in school only. Yes. And like there's people derailing her from doing well in school, namely her fucking teacher. And then they're you think that they're on like the right path when they're like, How old is he? Like does it and then yeah. like they're trying to like but oh, then he's they a TA? Somehow, is he the teacher, the TA? And then it's but just But then it like, somehow gets flipped back onto Julie where like fault. why did you sleep with your TA? Why did you sleep with someone's husband? Yeah. Like there are moments when they're touching on what the problem is but it becomes julie's fault every time and it having like she's already like like horrified like her life as she knows it is like ruined and like she says like everyone in the dorm either saw or now knows knows about it so truly to like go back would be really traumatic a hundred percent and then you have to see him in your school all the time and so she's like maybe i need to like i jumped into this college thing maybe i need to go to europe which like tammy is correct like running away is not gonna solve it but like neither is going back and quote unquote facing facing your responsibilities what's gonna solve it is like going to fucking therapy Right. Or like taking a break from school and telling your parents, like, I don't think it like, here's the actual story, like, or getting them to understand the fact that a teacher shouldn't be in that situation. Julie, that's not, that's also not Julie's responsibility to tell her parents like how life is like they should know there should be like a momentary pause for everyone to like breathe, collect their thoughts examine like coach and Tammy like examine themselves and like like not just like you have to go back to school now you fucked up and the only solution is go back to school and if you're Julie and your parents are basically like yelling at you saying that you're made a horrible mistake you're only gonna feel like 10 times worse yeah it's like you can't go to school and you can't stay home because your parents hate you. So like, what, what are you, you going to do? do? Like, what do they like? They have no empathy. No. Like, can you imagine if your parents were mad at you because of that? Like, it's just crazy. So like coach is having a really hard time dealing with anything. And he basically is like, the car's going to be fixed. I'm paying for the car. You're going to pay me back in full. And I'm and when the car's done, you're going to school. And that's the end of the discussion. And then when it comes time for her to actually get in the car and go to school, she refuses, which is ho- like a horrible scene where she's mm-hmm. like screaming. And coach like basically. He's like pushing her. Like manhandles her to try to grab her and pull her out of the house. And she just like escapes to her room. And Tammy's like freaked out when coach starts like touching her and like obviously like the vibe is like horrible and And also like right after that like coach is like late for the game because of that and then like 
you see like the switch flip in him when he like gets back to like his team aka yeah. his like his actual, actual kids his, like, and then his you're kids. like this is where shit went wrong because those are the kids that like won't do any you know won't like um like humiliate him or like won't right. make any bad decisions like these kids are on the right path yeah because like, he's the king maker but he can't be the king maker in his, his own, own family. family swerve <laughs> swerve sound effect um yeah it's just like i don't know if they meant it to be like this like the writers but like congratulations on fucking up your daughter because you care more about your fake sons. But yeah, we've, that's like come up a few times where the, like the attention and the like man molding or like support goes to the football team. It doesn't actually go to Julie. Mm -hmm. And I feel at this point, like Gracie gets a lot of that like support and coddling cause she's little and, and cute. But if they didn't mean it to be like that, it's... Then why is it like that? It's coming across pretty strong. Um, and there's also a scene where, like, um, Coach looks at Gracie, like, sleeping. Oh, my God. This is horrifying. <laughs> where he's obviously looking at her and being like, please don't ever sleep with a married man. Right. He's basically like my little angel princess would yeah, never my humiliate her father. virginal baby. And, and then his demon slut daughter is essentially, does she apologize? She says, I didn't mean to disappoint you. Ugh, gutted. And he doesn't even fucking look at her when she says that. Yeah. So Coach Taylor is a stand-in for the patriarchy. Yeah. Tammy has so much internalized misogyny. misogyny. It's not... This is like... Because like, also, didn't Coach and Tammy get together when Coach... I mean, was Tammy was dating Peter Berg. So guilty much? There's a lot of trauma that Tammy hasn't faced in her life, and... Anytime we've said it a million times that whenever there's like an element of like relationships or sex involved, it spirals out of control. She's it's a freak out queen. It becomes a situation that they cannot handle. They yeah. can't have a handle on it. And they immediately jump into like blame mode. Mm -hmm. And. And this is like just so typical of like any story yeah like where like a young girl's sexuality is like so problematic and becomes this like huge like thorny issue yeah and that, like you know that's like what fucking every like horror movie is like a teen girl coming of age you know yeah like they just don't know how to handle like a teen girl expressing her sexuality and it becomes like a burden and a disappointment yeah. to your family mm -hmm. that like you would do something that a boy would do in one hot second and that and then go play football and be like just run around a bit and then it'll be fine yeah and be like a martyr and like an untouchable hero yeah yeah the way that coach deals with like boy girl issues is like it's very superficial yeah and it probably is because of the work he does like and in that culture yeah that and he, he thinks he can just you know be like oh just run around you know, boys will be boys. Just run around and get it out of your system. But actually, he's, like, not addressing the root of the issue. He's, like, punishing them 
yeah, like superficially, but it's them that caused the problem. And he's not doing anything about it. And he has the perfect opportunity to do something about it. And the boys that are good boys, that's not because of Coach Taylor. No. Like the boys who are like respectful to women and like people like Matt yes. and Luke or whatever. That's not Coach's influence. That's just the way they are yeah, from they their fucking that, moms. They brought that to the table already. Yeah. And then playing football or being part of that team only like strengthened their resolve. It wasn't yeah. like they were like horrible or demons. make them more successful like in their life in other ways but it's not like coach is you know nipping any you know bad behavior like that in the bud. right or like putting an end to like a rape culture like on his team or in his school no. he just turns a blind eye so the theme of people being able to deal with this situation keeps keeps on going yeah and yeah how much of it is them saying, oh, these characters have flaws. These characters aren't perfect. These characters are just like products of their environment. Or how much of it is just the writing of the show is flawed and the writers are products of their, like, you know, that culture. Well, it's a cycle. Like, we're all products of the same culture. Like, in a like, Western. Uh, yeah, I mean, for sure. But I'm just saying, like, why, you know, now we have the tools to dissect it and, yeah. like, we have more information than. You know, those than ever before those forty year old men had when they wrote these episodes, you know. Yeah. I'm just guessing, but <laughs> um, No, you're right. Like we can slice it two ways and yeah. the outcome is the same. So Yeah. Um It makes you think, man. Yeah, are we overthinking this? I really don't think so. Yeah. Like, and also... And even if we are, it's fun to talk about. And also, like, we're at the point now in our society where, like, overthinking is what, like, brings us to clarity. Like, really getting to the root of why something is one way or why someone would say something versus something else. Like, it really, like, sheds a light on, like, where does that all stem from? Right. So, yeah, like, maybe we're overthinking it, but, like... I feel like I've come like on a journey. Yeah, totally. With this like, you know, little handful of episodes from and I, where I was last time. Yeah, and I feel, yeah, like our individual growth from when we watch it the first time to watch it now is like thanks to overthinking and yeah. like being critical and having someone else have, you know, thought that way to pass that on to us to be able to apply it to situations. So yeah. Shout out to Twitter. I a hundred percent agree. So much from hearing like other people's experiences firsthand. Yeah. And it can be obviously a hostile and horrifying platform as oh, well. Yeah. Goes without saying, but they're like, exactly. I wouldn't like, be the person I am without, you know, social media. It's so true. There you go. That's, that's that. All right, so I think we're going to wrap this puppy. It's burped and it like came out of my nose and it hurt. You know what I mean? Swerve. <laughs> came out of nowhere. Yeah. Okay. Um, you guys know where to find us. See ya. Bye. <laughs>